The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 70% of the people surveyed say they are unhappy in the work they do. Are you among those 70%? Do you find your busy work schedule edging out a life that's filled with meaning, purpose, and joy? Well, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. We're going to talk about how to rediscover your purpose and joy even in the work you do right here, right now on Polly Campbell, Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell, Simply Said. This is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And did you hear that statistic at the top of the show? 70% of people survey say they are unhappy with the work they do. That is a lot of people considering most of us spend our days at work, right? Weekends and nights even. I think that's shifting a little bit, but I know that the bulk of my time right now is spent at my desk building my business. Two thirds of the people surveyed say they are rethinking how they work and win. Now, I would say I'm not unhappy in the work I do, so I don't fall in that demographic, but I am part of the two thirds that is rethinking how we work and when. I'm absolutely in that demographic and I'm self-employed. I have been a remote worker since long before there were remote workers, right? So I don't think it's just the pandemic that is shifting how we work and how we think about work. I think it's also women who are aging in the workplace, women who have raised babies and children and were doing all kinds of jobs at home and in the workplace who now maybe are seeing their children grow and are saying enough is enough. I want to focus on what I want to focus on. I want to do the work I want to do. They put themselves on the back burner. Maybe it's people working longer. You know, my mother had a career for three decades and then she retired from that and became a working artist. So I think there's a lot of reasons that two thirds statistic shows up. But the point is we are rethinking the ways we work and when we do it. And I think that's a healthy response to growth, to our evolution right? It's important to take stock at different points in our life about what we want to do next. I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago with Sarah Teton. She talks about, she's a gerontologist and Dr. Sarah Teton, and she's a gerontologist who said there are lots of things we can do in our life. There isn't 
one career. We can have multiple careers. And so it's important as we grow from our first job on to what may be our last job to evaluate, think in terms of all the things we want to do, not just the one career we want to have. So this is right smack in the middle where I am. And when I read those statistics about how unhappy people are in the job they do, um, I want to come back to this idea of joy and meaning purpose, because if we want to live long, healthy lives, we need to have those things be part of the fibers of our day. Now, I'm also on the other side where I've got to make an income, right? I keep going to college. There are responsibilities I have to my family, to the other decisions I've made in my life. So I'm interested in merging these two ideas. Can we be on purpose? Can we have meaning and joy? Even if we're in a job that we don't love? The answer to that is yes. I don't think a meaningful life is always a fun life. I mean, think about it. We know plenty of people who have led incredibly meaningful lives, who have shaped our culture and our history, who probably weren't always have fun, having fun. You know, Nelson Mandela, hello, years in prison, probably not fun. But there was still meaning in the things he stood for and represented in the way he spoke and taught. And it just happened to change the world in fundamentally important ways. There's a lot of times I'm doing meaningful things, parenting my daughter, when I would not sit back and say, oh, that was super fun, <laughs> right? But I know it's meaningful. And so that sustains me because I feel like I'm contributing something important that will make a positive difference, not only in her life and mine, but but hopefully in the world, right? I want to help inspire and, and teach a person who makes the world a better place. So that's what I'm in it for. So yeah, I don't think we're always gonna have fun, but I also don't think we need to be unhappy in the work we do. Even if it's a job you don't love, I think we need to take a look at the ways to not only bring the joy back, but the purpose and meaning back into that work. When we can find that, when we can find those things, we are going to have more fun. We are going to experience greater joy because we'll be focused more on the things that are working for us, right? So it's okay to be in a job that maybe isn't your top choice. But we can change our minds and how we approach that work, whether it's in the home with our families or beyond it in, in some office or working remotely, to tweak the way we think about it and the way we approach it more toward the direction we want to go. Now, it might be time to change that job, right? I also think is I've made some sacrifices personally so that I could continue to do the work I want to do. So that's something you have to weigh for yourself. But what I'm suggesting in today's program is you don't have to leave your job. You can rethink how you're doing it, rethink the work you're doing, and the way you're creating meaning and purpose and joy in your own life, and find a way to merge a little bit more of those things. First off, know this. It's not uncommon to hit different points in our lives where it's time to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're doing it. Just because you've always done one job one way doesn't mean that's always the way you need to do it. You know, I'll never forget my father, who was an attorney his entire career, at a practice for over 30 years with partners he adored. He left at an age when most people would be retiring to start his own firm and go out on his own. 
And it wasn't an easy decision to make, but it was a fulfilling one and a meaningful one. He needed to keep the income coming in. He needed to keep the job. He had little kids at home and he wanted to preserve the relationships with the partners he held close. But he also needed to find a way to do the work he'd always done a little differently to rediscover his purpose. And it worked for him. It sustained him for many more years and in a purposeful, meaningful career. So remember, while your purpose may not change throughout your life, whether you come and go in different jobs or not, the purpose is the thing that drives you at your core. But how it looks and how you express your purpose will change a billion times. I think we get caught up and worried that, oh, well, if I'm doing a job I hate, I'm just going to stifle my purpose baloney you're just not noticing our purpose is expressed in how we wake up in the morning it's expressed in our relationships with the people we love and the strangers we meet our purpose is expressed in the mindset we take with us to the office and the mindset we take with us into the weekends we have jobs outside the job it isn't just the work at our desk or in the office or serving clients or selling products that is our job we have the emotional label of, that comes with the work of managing a health, household or being in relationship with our husband and children. We have jobs that relate to our own health and staying well. I mean, seriously, I call it wellness week when I have all my doctor's appointments lined up in the same week each year, right? My exercise, my nutrition, learning about how to sustain my aging body. That is a job. Learning how to navigate menopause. Most of us have more than one job. We don't get paid for them all. We may have work that we get paid for, but we also have all these other responsibilities which are equally as important. You might get paid a load of money at the office, but if your body is not healthy enough to do the work because you haven't taken care of that job and responsibility, then you're not going to be making any money at all and there will be no office to go to, right? So we need to think about our work as a wider scale. You know, I was doing some pretty intense work for a while that paid the bills and was very lucrative. And I would wind up the day, the self-employed job, I'd wind up the day having very little energy for the family, for my daughter who was young at the time. I would work most weekends. I was tapped out. So I was doing this one job very well for one payoff, which was literally the payoff, the money. But I was not feeling purposeful or meaningful in the other work I was doing. I was feeling depleted and bankrupt in those other areas. So we have to weigh all that. It's not one thing or the other. It's the toggle between the things we care about. So start with that. Know what you care about. What is the work you're doing? And know your why of doing it. If you have a hobby that you treat like a job, it requires a lot of dedication and another time component. And I don't think it's short-sighted to have a hobby that moves you. I know a lot of writers who started this way. They would write in the free times they had around their paying work and around their family time and around their exercise time. They built in time for the so-called hobby of writing because 
it made them feel purposeful and alive and creative. It took a lot of dedication and a time component on their part. That's what they paid, right? They gave their time and energy to this. And they probably sacrificed some time with friends and some recreational stuff to do this hobby. But in the end, they finished a book that they published and then moved the writing profession into a so-called job with payment. So I think we need to broaden our view on what we think of as, as the work. And we need to have multiple different kinds of work that we value, that we find meaning and purpose in, at least some of them, right? So right now, I want you to take a minute while you're listening to this, pull out a notepad and jot down some of your roles and responsibilities. And a note or two about your job description. If you're a mother, what does that entail? Well, for me, that entails in a real daily way, uh, helping my daughter be successful at school. I choose to make a breakfast. That's part of the job I've taken on. Your job might be different and that's okay. Our job descriptions can look all different and still be very successful. I choose to make a breakfast, but that's a time outlay and an energy outlay for me. That's the price I pay for getting to have breakfast with her, which is the payment for me, the reward. I get to spend time with her, okay? So look at the different roles. I'm also a writer. That requires a huge emotional outlay. That requires some financial outlay because I need to buy supplies for that job. Um, and I need to give a lot of time to that job to make it happen. Look at the different spaces and places in your life where you're putting your energy. What are you paying? What are you getting in return? And when you look at the return on those jobs, what is meaningful to you? Why do you keep this job up? What are you getting? So what are some of the rewards? The payoff for me that comes from making breakfast for my daughter is I get to sit with her for a minute in the beginning of the day, connect with her, hear what she's thinking, hear how she's starting her life, and connect with her in that way. I value that. And that is also meaningful to me and part of my purpose. My purpose is to inspire and entertain and educate. And that's not just when I do this podcast or write my books. It's how I relate to my friends. It's how I connect with my daughter and my husband. It's how I go through the world, right? I'm not trying to sell people something. I want to, I want them to feel better after they talk to me. And sometimes I'm really good at expressing that. And sometimes I'm not so good. But the bottom line is I want them to feel better when I've connected with them or after our connection. I want to leave the energy a little better. There are lots of ways I express my purpose, right? Just as there are lots of ways you express yours. I talked to a, a Tim Tomashiro. His purpose is to delight. He wants to delight people when he's engaging with them, whether that's through his books or through his music or whatever it is, however he interacts. He wants to delight people. That is his purpose. Now, there are lots of ways he carries that purpose with him throughout the day. So take out your pad of paper, identify your different jobs and roles. What do you give? What is the payoff for you? What is the reward you give from those different roles? And look for the pattern of what you're doing when you're getting the reward. Like when you're feeling on purpose, when you're feeling that was a meaningful moment, when you're having fun or feeling joy, that's a reward. And what is the thing you're doing when that reward comes into play? That's where your meaning is. And that's where the purpose lies. I think we get very narrow in scope when we're talking about our purpose or thinking we think it's one thing and that it has to show up this particular way so then we're in a job we don't like or the job we have 
the boss changes or the work description changes. And there are components of it that we no longer like as much. And we can find our way back to finding greater joy and meaning in that job when we rediscover how our purpose can show up and be expressed even in those changing roles. So that's what I want you to take a look. No matter how this looks on the page, true success, holistic success, really comes down to two things. And research shows this, that we live longer, healthier, more satisfied, happier lives when we are living a life that we view as meaningful. And when you get to determine for yourself what that is, okay? So having a job you don't like doesn't mean you're not living a meaningful life. You're probably doing that in many ways, even in the way you're interacting with your customers at work or whatever it is you're doing, how you're reaching toward your family, how you're taking care of your body and your health and aging in a strong way that makes you feel good, right? When you are living a life that you see as meaningful, you are living a successful life, one that will be filled with joy, and happiness and greater well-being and health, greater cognitive strength, because you'll be always driven to explore and get curious and learn, and that's good for our brains. And here's the clencher. You get to write your own definition of what that means. What is a meaningful life to you? Determine that right now, and then look back at the roles and jobs you're holding in your life and see if those things are meaningful, what threads of those things are meaningful to you. Not everything will be, but I bet you find, even in the roles that you have that you're not enjoying right now, that there is some meaning and purpose. I, for a long time, uh, held a job I didn't like at all. I felt like it was crushing me, like physically crushing my chest. And at some point in that, I decided that this had a special role in my life. Not only did it reward me with money, which I needed, great benefit, right? But it was also showing me how I didn't want to work. It was showing me at a very young age what didn't make me feel good, what wasn't meaningful to me, which took me out of my purpose and made me unhappy. So from that point on, when I made that reframe, I realized that all the data that I was getting from these so-called bad days at work was actually information helping me become better. When I left that job, I had a whole document filled with things I wanted to do things I wanted to create in my own office, in my own life, that were opposite of the one I was just leaving. Without that contrast, I would not have discovered those things as quickly. And I will tell you what, when I made that reframe, I realized that even the struggle was meaningful. That's valuable to know, okay? So make your list, the jobs you're doing, what is meaningful to you? What are the threads of meaning and purpose running through that list? The patterns that they have in common? And how do you define that meaning for you? What is meaningful to you? When you know what that is, you can start creating a life around that that feels meaningful and joyful and purposeful. And then it's easier to go to the work that we have to do. We're going to talk about some more specifics, exactly how to do that when we come back from the short break on Polly Campbell Simply Said, part of the best business network of Electricast.
and we are back. Welcome back to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And we're talking about how to find the strands of purpose and meaning throughout our lives, even in the roles we may not like as well, right? Or the roles we want to reshape into something that feels more meaningful. And it's okay to do that. We are evolving as human beings. It's only natural that our careers and our approaches to life change as we grow and learn. Do that. We don't have to be stuck in this one place. I think life can be really fun when we open up to different ways of doing things. So how do we rediscover what matters to us and, and really uncover what our purpose is now and how to integrate that into the things we're doing in our lives or change the things we're doing in our lives, right? Bruce Feiler, he's an author and writer, talks about the meaning audit, which I think is so valuable. He writes about it in the search, finding meaningful work in a post-career world. And he introduces questions that will help us think about that kind of stuff. I think the qualities of the questions we ask in our life really determine the quality of the life we live. We need to be reflective. Prompt yourself. Filer has a lot of great questions in his book and it's worth checking out. Um, and I have a list of questions that I go to at different stages in my life. I go back and forth to them to remind myself what I'm doing. If I'm feeling unhappy or something's a struggle, am I still on task? Is this what I want to be doing? And if not, what's next for me, right? Because we are defined by the stories we tell ourselves, the way we talk to our kids and partners. Um, so who are you listening to? Where are you getting your information from? And if you hold a belief that work is unfulfilling or the jobs you're doing aren't meaningful, where is that coming from? Explore that a little bit. Is that an inner sense because you're feeling defeated at the end of the day? Is that somebody telling you that your work doesn't matter? What is it for you? Who are the voices in your head and what influence are they have over you? I'm having a huge influence right now when I'm thinking about my daughter going to college and I'm recognizing that I have a responsibility and I want to accept that responsibility to help pay for her education. That is meaningful to me. I want her to have a good education without the stress of needing loans for the rest of her life. So I'm going to help pay for that, my husband and I are. That means that a huge voice in my head is calling out to me saying, hey, you need to make a little more money now. You need to save a little more this way. How are we going to do that? So that will influence the kind of work I take right now, the kind of projects I say yes to right now, because there's a bottom line issue. At other points in my life, when I was working part-time, when my daughter was small, I wanted to be more at home at her. She was still a very loud voice in my head, but I was also hearing my work voice when I did go back to work. Is this work meaningful to you? Because I was working on a limited schedule. I didn't want to do work I didn't want to do. I didn't want to work with people that were going to stress me out. So that voice was louder. Is this person supporting me? Is this work supporting me and growing me to the next level of my career? Since I was working very little, I wanted to make sure that the work I did was meaningful to my career track so that I could come back to work after she was a little older. Okay. So who are the voices in your head? Who's calling the loudest? And what is your voice saying to you? What is your authentic voice saying to you? What do you need now? Are you staying in the job because your dad told you never to change jobs? 
Are you staying in the job because this is one that has a growth opportunity that you're learning a lot. And on that way, even if you don't like the work, it's meaningful to you. It's good to hear those voices, know who is influencing you and what is being said in those inner voices. I also think we change our minds. So what matters to you now? And are your values, the things that matter in alignment with the things you're spending time on. I don't think our values are fixed and solid our whole lives. We evolve. Other things matter differently and later in life than they did when I was like a college student looking for my next party, right? So it's important to evaluate and reevaluate and change our values over time so that we can live in alignment with them. When we do that, that creates sustainable happiness. We feel more empowered and happier and like we're living a life on purpose and in meaning when we are aligning with the things we say we care about. So we need to know what those things are. 15 years ago, it was writing my first nonfiction book professionally. Right now in my work, I'm really valuing freedom and creativity right? Raising my daughter 15 years ago, I just wanted to support her and give her enriching experiences. I valued my quality time with her. Now she's a teenager who's gone and could care less if I'm around or not. I want to give her the support and encouragement so that she makes good decisions for herself. So the things I value in my parenting are different. They've changed. Another way to think about this is uh, something I went through years ago when I said I valued my health and then I got a cancer diagnosis and I realized I'd been living out of alignment. I said I valued my health, but I was eating junk food and I wasn't exercising very often, right? That gave me a wake-up call. After cancer, health become my, became my number one value. Now, it's, it's changed a lot over the years and how I value that and how I show up to that isn't in perfect alignment for me now, which I've noticed. So things, I'm changing that back. What do you value? And are you living in alignment with those values? Update your values and then choose action items that you can do each day to support those. And then evaluate what your purpose is and how that can show up in the job you have or the job you want to develop or get, the business you want to create, in the, your relationships, and in the things you choose as hobbies or activities or uh, exercise or whatever it is. What is your purpose right now? Not what was your purpose, because though our purpose stays the same, we often identify it in how we express our purpose. How you express it right now, how you choose to express your purpose right now is and should be different than it was 10 years ago. So look at the patterns in the earlier questions you asked during this podcast. Look at the patterns in the way you live your life and notice the patterns that show up when you're the happiest, when you feel like you're living with great meaning, when you're engaged, when you're in flow, and chances are the thread of your purpose lingers there. So simply start today by making the list of all the roles you have in your life and teasing out the threads and the patterns that exist. What things are you doing when you feel happy, when you feel on purpose? What things are you feeling that when you're feeling pulled away from those? And how can you remake the way you spend your time each day, whether it's work in the office or work at home or in a hobby that you care about? How can you remake those minutes doing those tasks in a way that offers a greater sense of meaning and purpose 
to you. I'll be writing more about this on polycampbell.substack.com so you can join our Simply Said community. I think purpose is one of those intangible, tangible things. You know it when you feel it, right? It becomes a real thing. But we have to uncover and discover and have the confidence and faith that we will when we are reflecting and living deliberately in this life. Because when you do that, when we can find those threads of purpose and express them throughout the different aspects of our lives, then we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Yes.